It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brothers Brandt Podcast. I'm Rob Brandt. And I'm Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Episode 67 was fantastic. And here on episode 68, we are honored to be joined by the greatest Georgia Bulldog of all time, in our opinions. We met with this legend in 2017 and have stayed connected since. This man was once an MVP track star at the University of Georgia and has since worked in the university's athletic department for the past 60 years, six zero years. Rick, would you do the honor of introducing the legendary bulldog himself, Mr. Lauren Smith? Wow, Rob. Yeah, I would be honored. It's a privilege to introduce Mr. Lauren Smith to today's podcast episode. Rob, I could go on and talk for days about the accomplishments that Lauren Smith has achieved within the state of Georgia, and I still don't think that would be enough time, but I'm going to hit on a couple quick bullet points. As you said, 60 years at the University of Georgia, known as the most versatile bulldog in the university's history, he has been, some say, the most instrumental building block in one of the nation's top athletic departments. And as you indicated, Lauren played and ran track at the University of Georgia. He's most famously known in the Peach State for being a longtime sideline reporter during Georgia football games, but his impact stretches well beyond the microphone. Lauren has served as the university's assistant sports information director, business manager, Bulldog Club executive and game day program editor, amongst many other responsibilities. If that wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, Lauren has also ridden 
legendary books about the University of Georgia, its football program, and our favorite, the Masters. We are so excited to have this Georgia Hall of Famer on today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Lauren, welcome to the Brothers Brandt Podcast. Great to be with you guys, and thanks for having me on. Well, we are so excited for you to be here. Let's kick things off and talk about Georgia athletics. And when I say Georgia athletics, I mean the great state of Georgia. In 1997, you were inducted into the state sports hall of fame for your contributions to the athletics in the state of Georgia. And then years later, you chaired that organization. Can you share with our listeners and put into context the extravagant history of sports in the state of Georgia and how some could make the case that Georgia is the most athletic state in all of America. Well, it certainly has a lot of uh, credits in that regard. Uh, we have some problems. I am now chairman again, and we had a meeting the other day and we were telling some people for a, uh, we were talking about the, uh, an event we wanna do. And we say, well, we've had some problems. We have a lot of people that should uh, be included that haven't gotten in yet, but we always come up with a good class. You just can't miss because we've inducted people like Herschel Walker, Vince Dooley, uh, just tremendous athletes. Uh, Stuart Sink of Georgia Tech is gonna be inducted next year. He was scheduled to come aboard this year, but he had a conflict, a commitment that he couldn't get out of. So he asked us to defer him to 2022, which we were happy to do. Um, we uh, have gotten a tremendous number of women athletes, some great uh, Olympic champions. And it's just been uh, something that really resonates when you go down and look at the great names who, who have been inducted. Ty Cobb, that was a slam dunk, uh, naturally. But he, by being a Georgian, he got in. And I mentioned Herschel, of course, and uh, I should have a easy roster to look down. Hank Aaron, that was a wonderful time when we inducted Hank Aaron. We inducted Billy Payne. Um, just uh, it's Georgia sports history is really sensational and it's, it, it, it hasn't subsided. Uh, and I think in the future, there's gonna be a lot of players, uh, a lot of athletes uh, from the track world because Georgia now has one of the best track programs in the country uh, on a par with Oregon, a new coach who's won four national championships. So there's just a lot out there that's uh, backslapping worthy. We're, uh, we're proud of what we've been able to do with our state hall of fame. But the reason I got in was that I sponsored the dinner. <laughs> I bet that was a delicious dinner. <laughs> Lauren, you are hilarious. And man, I just could talk all day with you about famous Georgia alumni. One of our favorite events, as everybody knows, is the Masters. And you have been covering that event since 1960. Not many people can say that they've been at the Masters for as long as you have been. What does that event mean to you? Well, you got to put it in perspective. Uh, I couldn't have uh, had that opportunity without the accidental birth being growing up uh, an hour and a half from Augusta, Georgia, 
I didn't get attached to the masters in the early days. And then being at the University of Georgia, so the accident of geography gave me a special opportunity. And I started covering the masters while I was in school at the University of Georgia. At that time, I was sports editor for the Athens Banner Herald, which was one page on during the week and two on Sunday. So it wasn't exactly a uh, flourishing newspaper, but uh, if you came and wrote every day, Cliff Roberts in those years uh, treated you like you were with the New York Times. He, he, he had a sense of good publicity, so did Bobby Jones. So I think that tradition has carried forward, but it was the greatest thing for all of us in Athens and all of us connected to the University of Georgia to see Billy Payne take over and just make so many landmark decisions that made the masters so much better. And he got it in step with the times. I talked to Sam Sneed, Ben Hogan, guys like that through the years, and they all complimented Robertson Jones for the way they ran the tournament. And they did an excellent job, no question about it. But Billy uh, improved on it. There's only one guy that, when it comes to the Masters, that could make the best better, and that's Billy Payne. Well, there's been a lot of great leaders at the Masters, Augusta National Golf Club, and it's just a, such an amazing place. You've written several books. You've been responsible for content in many books that the club has published. Can you talk to our listeners maybe about some of those experiences, some of those writing, uh, just what that meant to you and some things that really stand out over the years? Well, fortunately, I got to know the Masters uh, champions through the years, uh, principally uh, Jack Nicholas, for example. And just uh, last night, uh, my wife and I hosted a party for Jack's granddaughter, who's a student at Georgia. Kelly O'Leary and her mom, who was a volleyball player at Georgia, who came to Athens and just fell in love with the campus first visit. And uh, she didn't want to go see any other campuses after that. So we take pride in having that kind of uh, uh, tribute uh, paid by a member of the Nicholas family. They all didn't go to the same school. Only one went to Jack's alma mater which, and Barbara's too. And that was uh, Gary, went to Ohio State. But we really had a uh, tremendous time last night. Uh, uh, really good looking girls out there while I'm grilling burgers. And that was co Georgia co-eds, but I had to tell them all, I do have a curfew. So <laughs> I, I went to bed about, uh, I guess 10 o'clock and they didn't go to bed till after two. So uh, after I got them fed, the, it was an open bar and everybody had a lot of fun. Like they used to say in, a, in the society section of the weekly newspaper society section, a good time was enjoyed by all. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talk a little bit about the Nicholas family and uh, Jack Nicholas, obviously, you know, so impactful in the game of golf. Would you say that in 1986, when he won his sixth green jacket, was that your favorite moment at the Masters? I and about six million others, I think, would agree. Uh, I know a lot of my friends, uh, like Bern Lundquist, you know, who made the great call, yes, sir. And that uh, Vern's legend, 
of his call when Jack made birdie on, I think it was this, was it the 17th hole? And when Vern said, yes, sir. Anyway, uh, when Vern was doing his farewell tour, visiting the SEC campuses uh, for the last time, we, I got with the band director and we did a tribute to Vern, a video on our school board. And uh, at the end, we, uh, I've forgotten how we closed it from the script standpoint, but the band formed Yes Sir out on the field. And you could see him in the booth. He was visibly taken by that. Yes, sir. Lauren, I'm getting chills just thinking about this, that uh, reenactment right there of Yes Sir. I just got chills. Rob, but the hair on my arm is standing up like five feet, if that's possible. We got to get crazy. Vern. We got to get Vern on the pod, too. I agree. Okay. I agree. He'll do it. <laughs> All right. You set it up, and we will have it done here. All right. Last master's question. Then I'm going to pass it off to Rob for some fun lightning round Q&A. Talk to me about what's been the most impressive thing, in your opinion, about the Masters and its legacy in sports. You know, it's like the Super Bowl. Tell us like what, how you've seen it grow and just your overall opinion on what the Masters has become. Well, it just reeks of class. And, uh, you know, it's not a rich man's club. Now there are a lot of rich men in it, but if you read Cliff Roberts book, he thought it was important that the membership have a heavy uh, listing of local uh, citizen. So he didn't want it to be a club that had membership with addresses, you know, New York to California. Yeah, he thought there should be local membership. And they're very mindful of the, uh, the Roberts legacy in that regard. So I just think it just has so much class. Uh, yeah, long before we got into television and uh, the things that we uh, know about the Masters now, uh, I would talk to old timer Sam Sneed. Uh, I have a recording of him saying this is the best run tournament in the country. And in addition to it being well run, it was a beautiful environment, but they also uh, just had uh, so many outstanding players participate and they all got a nice paycheck. I mean, uh, let's say uh, 15th place on the tour in those years with something like $150, well, at the Masters, you'd probably get uh, $350 or something that made it really uh, exceptional, not just uh, the way they ran the tournament, but everybody got a nice paycheck when you made the cut at, at, at Augusta. And then they added the par three, which became a big hit. And I think when you are established and you uh, have a classic, uh, image that you do things well and do things right, uh, that you're going to always get uh, the advantage for a lot of things. I mean, whatever you do, it's like a Midas touch. Whatever you do, it turns to gold. But you just, uh, I don't know, you guys have been doing that how many years? Well, we, I've been going since 2016, Rob, the year after. So we've been there a handful of times each. Our well, favorite moment was in 2019 when Tiger won his, you know, return to glory. Right. Yeah. Well, that was all, that'll always be a memorable time. When old champions come back and do well, it uh, delights everybody. Uh, now the Masters is not without some problems and hiccups, but I think they've managed their problems well. 
And uh, those old timers, I've talked to a lot of Hart Wall, Sam Sneed, those guys talked about how well the tournament was run and how much everybody loved coming to Augusta, small town, no traffic, and the most beautiful garden spot. The Augusta National was a nursery at one time. It's just, it's just fabulous. And Jones happened on one of the nicest pieces of property and, you know, it could be a housing development today, but thank God Jones came along when he did and captured that property. Rob and I are looking forward to being with you in just a week or so, right alongside those azaleas. All right. Well, the azaleas are as pretty as a Georgia co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. All right. All right, Lauren. I love talking all these stories, Georgia, you know, University of Georgia, the Masters. You ready for a super fun lightning round of uh, sports questions? Yes. All right. Here we go. So what is your favorite Georgia football memory? Well, there's several, but it has to be winning the national championship in 1980 with Herschel Walker, a freshman, leading us to that championship. He grew up in my hometown of Wrightsville, Georgia, a kid from across the tracks, but he was a generational star. And seeing a kid from my hometown lead us to the national championship, and I was able to participate in uh, producing a best-selling book, best-selling in the state. And that was just a magical time in my life. Wow, I love that. And I remember when Rick and I did our tour, we saw, you know, uh, the, I think the Heisman Trophy that uh, Herschel got and, and, and the national championship and that amazing uh, rotunda you had in, uh, in the athletic facility. Now, I have to ask this question about Georgia football. How did the, how did the tradition of between the hedges start? Well, I really don't think anybody can uh, define that. Um... Uh, I think it probably stems from the fact that if you went out, say if you went over to Auburn and got beat, so well, wait till next year we get them between the hedges. I think it grew out of that kind of casual commentary. Okay. I'm not sure that I'm right. And I don't think anybody could come up with a definitive answer, especially not uh, now after all the years have elapsed. But I'm sure it just grew out of that. Same as how about them dogs? Two guys are up at the concession stand slapping one another on the back. How about them? How about them? How about them dogs? Surely that's how it came about. Something like that. <laughs> I, I love that. When Rick and I went there, it was so much fun. Everybody was like, how about them dogs? How about them dogs? <laughs> in, in your, I think I know the answer to this, but in, in your opinion, who is the greatest fo Georgia football player of all time? Well, um, uh, we have at least three, I would say. Um, and everything, uh, it can be relative, but I would say Herschel is probably the best runner. The consensus among people who've been around, not Johnny come lately, would be that Charlie Trippy is the greatest all around player we ever had. Charlie Trippy was really some player because he was a game breaker as Herschel was. I would say though, Herschel power and speed, the greatest combination we've probably ever seen in a fullback to date or running back, excuse me. But I would guess that uh, Herschel would have to be considered the best runner. 
Uh, and then, of course, Trippy played both ways, which heightened his legend because uh, Bobby died. The uh, very successful coach at Georgia Tech said he was the greatest defensive player he ever saw. So Trippy could go both ways, uh, really, uh, with a tremendous uh, ability to excel on both sides of the ball. He was a punter against Alabama in 1946. Harry Gilmer was the uh, big star in Alabama, went on to great success in the pros. He didn't complete a pass in that game. And Trippy punted, and they, the defense was so important back then. So Trippy punts on third down, and it's blocked. And the uh, couple of Alabama guys coming in blocked the punt. Chase was on. He somehow or other outfought him for the ball, then kicked Georgia out of trouble on fourth now. So there's just plays like that that uh, he is remembered for. And uh, I uh, used to, you're talking about doing three campuses in a day or three games in a day. Uh, I've always taken side trips and Florida being handy, I can go to spring training most every year. I didn't go this year. I did last year until COVID hit. But uh, I got to know Red Grange, and I recorded Red a couple of times, and uh, he would tell me about Charlie Trippy, greatest player I have ever seen. So Trippy just had a marvelous reputation by all the uh, Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe was quoted, we've used this for years, Jim Thorpe was quoted as saying that Trippy was the greatest football player he ever saw. So Trippy would have to be the best all-around player. Frank Sinkwich, who won the Heisman Trophy uh, in 1942, a lot of that uh, came about with the fact that he played the 41 season after the South Carolina game, which is about the second or third game with a broken jaw. They put a mask around his jaw to protect it, but he played the whole season. They wouldn't let him on the field today. And uh, that heightened his legend. He was not a player with top speed, but he could be at top speed, his top speed, in one step. They always said that he could go from a standing start to his full speed, which meant the defenses in those days crowded the line of scrimmage a little more than uh, we were to see in sub subsequent years. Uh, he would blast past the, uh, through the line of scrimmage, a good block, and he would be past the linebackers and the uh, defensive backs before they knew what was happening. So he ran for long distance touchdowns, but he didn't have great top speed. But uh, he was uh, a tremendous tailback in the old single wing system. And in 1942, Georgia earned its first uh, Rose Bowl bid. And Trippy and Sinkwich, uh, at the suggestion of uh, our backfield coach, Bill Hartman, one of my best and closest friends for years, he suggested to Coach Butts they move uh, Sinkwich inside to fullback and put Charlie Trippy at tailback. So we had an inside-outside uh, situation where Sinkwich couldn't be stopped. He, uh, like Hartman said, he's going to gain a minimum of five, six yards. And then you got the outside threat of Trippy, who could run and pass with the best of them. Trippy had a tremendous arm. He's the only player in the NFL Hall of Fame who gained a thousand yards running, passing, and receiving. 
So his versatility was his hallmark. Wow. Unbelievable. Knowledge just being dropped on us, Rick. All right. Next question, Oren. We're friends with uh, former Georgia athletic director, Greg McGarity. What is one of your favorite Greg McGarity stories that he would have a laugh at? <laughs> well, I don't know. When he was a kid with tennis shoes that looked like longer than his height, um, he was a manager of the tennis team for our old. Oh, you're going, you're going back into the tennis days. You're going back into his tennis days. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan McGill was our sports information director, secretary of the World Old Club and tennis coach. He was remarkable, a remarkably talented man. And I, uh, I owe a lot of my uh, wonderful uh, good fortune to him. And you talk about somebody who was versatile. He was really versatile. Um, he would, uh, he would, he would really train his uh, personnel for. Coca-Colas and uh, a hamburger steak at a local tavern. He didn't have a budget to pay him. He didn't pay me, but he fed me. So that was a marvelous, wonderful experience to go to dinner with him and listen to his sardonic humor. He was just such a clever and insightful man. Well, Greg came along after I did. So being the manager, and then then having a limited budget dollars, if a player hit a ball out of the tennis court, the tennis court was fenced in. To hit one out, uh, Dan would yell, ball over, Greg. So Greg had to chase all those balls. <laughs> but he did it with a plum. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right, so master's question right here. Do you remember your very first Masters? And if so, what was it like? Well, I can remember it like it was this morning, 1960. I had a 50 Ford and a friend of mine somehow or other had uh, two tickets. I think his daddy was a weekly newspaper man in Greensboro, Georgia, just 30 miles south of Athens. I suspect he got those tickets through his dad, which the uh, Augusta National would do back then, the Masters Committee. They'd let weekly papers who covered the tournament, they'd give them uh, comp tickets. So uh, we went over and we got positioned. I didn't know anything about golf, didn't know anything about the Augusta National, didn't know anything about the history of the Masters. I learned real quick, however. But I was standing directly behind Arnold Palmer who had just birdied 17, he hits his tee shot, I think it was a six iron, within eight feet of the pin. And uh, I can remember him coming up and there. I couldn't believe all those finely dressed people, women with hats on, looking really great, and guys in uh, cardigans, just a classy, classy scene. Everything was green and perfect. And, uh, you know, I learned then that the life expectancy of a cigarette butt is about 12 seconds. And then you see Arnold Palmer coming up the green, walking briskly. And he comes up, he stands over that putt and gets ready to putt. And he could hear the motion, the, the whining of the uh, film cameras then. That's, this was before television and video. Television was about, but they hadn't come to Augusta. 
and he backed away. And I remember the old gentleman in the red coat asked the uh, photographer, the movie photographer to turn off his camera. So I don't know what happened, but Arnold went back. He was not upset. He just politely asked if he could get some relief from the noise and stroked it in, breaking Ken Venturi's heart, but confirming that Arnie's army would soon be international. Lauren, I just got chills. It's like you're announcing the masters. I mean, you and Jim have to do it together. Jeez, that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so another masters question. Uh, where on the, you've been there, you know, for the past 40 years, where on the property of Augusta National is your favorite place to be and why? Well, for all those years that I could cover the Masters and I had a working press badge, even with the uh, Athens Banner Hero, I could get up uh, on the towers. I could get up on the back row of the stands at the 15th hole by the pond there. I could climb towers that holds like 16 and 17 T. There's a tower there it used to be. Uh, so um, that, I, I loved Amen Corner. And uh, they had a wonderful tower there. And I hadn't been down there lately. Uh, so I don't know what it is, what it's like down there now. But you could get on that tower and you see the golfers coming down 11 and see the golfers putting on 12 and you could see the players teeing off on 13 and to be there when everything was just as quiet uh, as it could be and you hear the waters of Ray's Creek coming through and that was my most memorable scene at Augusta in my mind's eye nothing was finer in sport the only thing to rival it would be the Kentucky Derby. Wow, I love the Kentucky Derby. When they uh, open those gates and those horses, the feet are pounding and you're near the finish line. Fortunately, I have a friend who's gotten me into that position a lot of times, a few times. That is the only thing that can rival the Masters. There's too much noise that uh, the Indy 500, uh, the excitement leading up to the Super Bowl is just so fantastic. Uh, but, you know, once you kick off and everybody slugs one another and you settle down into a more uh, compatible atmosphere and routine. But I just think being at Ray's Creek, Amen Corner, was the, is the single most exciting thing I've ever done in sports. And I've, I've even been to the Tour de France and the Henley Regatta. So uh, I haven't missed anything. I've never seen an NBA final, but I think I've seen almost all other sports uh, championship venues and games. And the Masters tops them all. The only thing that can rival for class and beauty, I'm saying, is the, uh, is the Kentucky Derby. Wow, wow. Lauren, that was amazing. And I can see why you've written so many books about the masters and being published. That just, again, gave me chills. I'm just thinking of Ray's Creek on, a, on, on Sunday at the masters coming down to the wire and, 
you know, the, 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 the lead groups coming through, but it's the calm before the storm. And like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. That, that area right there. So you've likely played the course many times over the years. Who has been, who has been your favorite partner to play with? Well, I have had the good fortune of playing uh, Augusta, but I haven't played with anybody, uh, uh, you know, no players, uh, but I have several of the members that I know, I've played with them uh, one time with Jeff Knox, who is the uh, best player in the club. You probably know about Jeff and his, his history. And, uh, I, but I've, I've never played with any players, I, I, but I did play with Pat Hayden and uh, I took them to play because uh, they spoke here and I was able to get them around. And I guess I played with Pat Hayden and Brent Musburger. So I guess that's the most uh, uh, well-known players that, uh, well-known sports personalities that I've ever played with. Wow. Love that. And how'd you shoot out there? How'd you fare out on there on a Na Augusta National? Well, it's a mulligan experience for so many, many of us. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me six mulligans, I might break 80. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love no, that. No, I, I, I don't remember a great score other than I, I could shoot, I could score in the, from the member tees, I could score in the low 80s. Wow, love that it. One. We'll have to we'll have to get out there one day. All three of us will have to get out there. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I, I've given the game up. I don't believe I could get around eighteen holes now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll play the par three. <laughs> yes, I'll do that. Anyway. Awesome. So one last question, Lauren. As we wrap up, you grew up in Georgia. No one knows the Peach State better than you. Where can we get the absolute best peach cobbler pie next time we're in Georgia next week? The Augusta National. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Augusta National. Best peach cobbler. If you, if you want uh, barbecue, I know about 15 places all tied for first. <laughs> love it but you know, you know it's really interesting uh augusta the augusta national uh is uh, uh you know a georgia uh, facility and a georgia it was a georgia home place and they uh they still underscore uh tradition the uh, cooking tradition you can uh, get fried chicken at augusta the augusta national on Sunday, you can go and get uh, uh, country ham and red-eye gravy. Uh, oh, you, I guess you still can. You know, Lauren, we don't we don't get access to the clubhouse like uh, you know like you do over there. So you know, but but I have to say, at the concession stands, they have this unbelievable peach cobbler ice cream sandwich. It's two sugar cookies and with yeah. like peach cobbler ice cream in the middle. Rick and I go through about a dozen of those in in a couple of days. Well, one of my favorite uh, things to do at Augusta over the years was for many years, maybe five or six, uh, I was really good friends with Jim Mandich, the Dolphins tight end. And Dan Jenkins was one of the best friends I ever had. So on Sunday mornings, we'd go over and get a country breakfast. Uh, it sort of became a tradition. Mad Dog Mandich, Dan Jenkins, and Edwin Pope, uh, who was an Athens boy, became 
sports columnist for the uh, Miami Herald. That foursome, we went over and had uh, country breakfast on Sunday morning. And sometimes we ate out on the porch uh, on the veranda overlooking putting green and the big tree. So, uh, oh boy, I appreciate uh, Augusta maintaining those, uh, those Georgia country uh, staples in the, with the menu, really fun, great fun. Love that. Wow, Lauren, I am getting hungry just hearing about all of this delicious food. Rob and I cannot wait to see you in a week or two in Augusta. Thank you so much for coming on today's Brothers Brandt podcast, and we'll see you in a few weeks. I look forward to it, guys. I'll keep in touch with you, so maybe we can find a way to have a beer after the round one day. That sounds perfect to us. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, the greatest bulldog of all time, Mr. Lauren Smith on the Brothers Brandt podcast. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. Thanks for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.